Hi, I'm Naomi Simpson and I'm so pleased to be bringing you Handpicked, my podcast. Now, the idea is that people get to ask me any question they like. They put me on the spot. It might be about whether to start a business, how to grow their business, maybe even how to save their business. Now, this episode is important. It's that age-old question of how do I get more customers? Sales and marketing are often the Achilles heel of business. I'm really looking forward to our next guest, Andrew, who has a financial mindfulness product. Now, the first thing I want to ask you, Andrew, is where did financial mindfulness come from? I know, Naomi. Well, financial mindfulness came out of a personal story. About five years ago, I was in a dark place and... When I was in the hospital, I was introduced to mindfulness on an app and to do 10 minutes a day as part of my recovery. And it was about the fourth day of doing this, and I'd never done it before. It started to calm me down somewhat. I could think clearer and focus. And I thought, hang on, there's something here. My background is in finance, and that planted the seed of financial mindfulness. Finances and money can cause so much stress, especially for business owners, and being financially intentional is really, really important. I often say, you know, are we being financially uh, responsible here or are we not? So I think that's a really important message for people. But, Andrew, I'm here to support you, your business, so what questions have you got for me? How can I I help? So what was... um the best advice you received growing up or early in your career? Well, there's been plenty of people who've wanted to tell me how to run my life, that's for sure. Plenty of people to give me their insights and so forth. I think one thing that my mother said to me when I was at university, she said, you've been given some gifts and you can use them for good or for evil. She knew that I was given the gift of the gab and given the gift of communication. And she said, how could you use that for the good of our community? And whilst I didn't kind of understand it at that time, in that very early stage, it became about, well, what is purpose? And purpose is about how we give, uh, what we give, not what we get. And when you're driven by purpose and it's how come I keep showing up after all this time is because I'm driven by this energy, this passion, uh, which converts to how I contribute to others. But what keeps me going is when people tell me the impact that I'm having. And, um, you know, back in the day, if I was having a particularly bad day, I would just get on the phones and listen to customers and understand the impact we were having on people. Or I'd talk talk to some of our suppliers who um, we were sending customers to and they'd tell me the difference we were making. So it's important for me with this, um, with that little piece of advice, good or evil, that I remind myself I'm here for good, not for evil. And um, she claims she never says it, by the way. She goes, oh, I don't remember saying that. And I said, Mum, you said a lot of things and I'll listen to them all. Yeah, I listened to them all. Most of them I ignored, but, you know, <laughs> that one I listened And so with Red Balloon, where did you succeed where others failed? Oh, look, I know it wasn't about me. I, I Clearly I was, um, and sometimes entrepreneurs and business owners make that um, 
mistake. They think, oh, I'm a brilliant business person and therefore, no, I just was at the right place at the right time with the right idea. I did have marketing skills and really the business, you've got to understand the business that you're in. Uh, People would say that we're experienced marketplaces. Actually, we're a marketing business on behalf of small businesses. We put, uh, we find customers for small businesses throughout Australia. And as a marketer, I was able to give my skill to that and I'm an innate marketer. So I think one of the things is to think about what business are you really in um, and what is the job you're being hired to do. So it wasn't about me. I was at the right place at the right time. They talk about people who have had an overnight success story that goes for 20 years. Well, I think I was one of those. I made lots and lots of mistakes. But the other thing is even though it wasn't perfect and it was so imperfect, imperfect, especially that first website, um, the homepage had the word skip intro on it and the and the whole website was framed and what that meant was Google could only find uh, three words, which was uh, skip intro, two words, skip intro. So, uh, you know, we got registered for that. So I did so many things wrong but I was at the right place, the right time. I was listening. In other words, people said that's a really amazing idea but they weren't buying. So I had to find out why they weren't buying and this one person called and they said, look, I'm on your website and I'm about to make a purchase. How do I know you're real? I said, of course I'm real. I'm the CEO. And she said, well, how do I know you're not the janitor? Well, of course, I was working from home and doing everything and I was the janitor. I did both jobs. I did every job. So in that moment, I knew my job was to create trust. And for any business, how do you create trust for your authority, like who you are and why are you the world's best at financial mindfulness and why should they trust you? Trust is critical, trust and relationships. And it's the, that's what I did well was build relationships so that in tough times I could call on those relationships and um, so trust and relationships. It wasn't about, you know, it was at the beginning of the internet or anything like that. In fact, I think it's easier to start a business now than it was back back in the day. Now, with Red Balloon along your journey, what's been your biggest challenge business-wise and how did you manage it and overcome it? Oh, my biggest challenge. And in some ways I'd like to know what your biggest challenge is and how we can overcome that because, you know, 20 years, every, every day I think I've got the biggest challenge I've ever had, but watch me, you know, I, I will do that. And my biggest challenge now is finding new audiences and new businesses to add to the big red group uh, and finding more suppliers. So I guess it's not just that it's a big challenge. It's more the fact that I see possibility in overcoming that challenge. And sometimes I don't think I can, and it takes either speaking to somebody independently or um, just breathing and looking at another viewpoint. So maybe if we think about what is your biggest um, challenge or the thing that the thing you think is a challenge right now for you. And let's see if I can apply one of those, you know, 10,000 dramatic moments I've had to your Your particular question. Well, Mm -hmm. in terms of um, putting mindfulness and finances together, I wanted to build an app, a program that helped people lower financial stress. So the app measures and reduces people's financial stress. And we went through concept, prototype, beta and we released late last year. The app is free and we measure uh, financial stress by 35 questions which were developed by our neuropsychologists and finance experts. 
which captured financial stress from a total perspective that someone experiences. And what I mean by that is we pick up financial status, behavioural impact, social engagement, psychological, and what we do is seven questions per five. And we went around the world and tested those questions and there was a gap that no one actually measured financial stress properly. And an example of that is a lot of people who, let's say you can't provide financially for your family, most people would feel shame and guilt. That manifests itself into stress. Now, those type of behaviours, finances are very personal and I'm more likely to tell you that I've got, and my friends, that I've got some particular type of cancer, as a theoretical example, rather than I can't afford to pay school fees for next term or I went to the RSL the night before and dropped $1,000 on a poker machine. Just too much shame. But I'll tell you that I'm dying of cancer. So all those type of behaviours we capture and measure someone's financial stress on this index. And to really change something, you need to measure it and track it over time so you can see the changes. We reduce financial stress by integrating financial literacy, mindfulness, goal setting and behavioural tools on the big financial topics such as paying bills, managing credit cards, managing mortgages, unexpected expenses, how the budget's coming out, so people can become make the next right decision around their money. So I get the fact that you've worked a lot on getting the product right um, and you've really thought through how this could support people, but what's the challenge? What is the challenge that you're facing as a business rather than about the product? Because clearly you're driven by pr- purpose and, you know, you can build it and it doesn't necessarily mean they will come. So What's the challenge you're facing right now and therefore how could I support you with that? We tried B2C and put a subscription model uh, around the first couple of modules for free and we realised we didn't have the budget like, for example, Headspace does in terms of marketing to consumers. Then we tried insurance companies and then uh, we found out that um, it was too early for them in terms of managing and being a a benefit to policyholders. Then we took the B2B route and we, the app is free and we sell to HR decision makers and the reports coming off that financial stress index show how, why and where financial stress is playing out. My biggest challenge at the moment is selling more and identifying who those people are and marketing to them. So right now it's a sales and marketing challenge. And as a startup, I've only got limited funds and it's a chicken and the egg. Uh, We know we've got a great product. We know um, it's going to have a purposeful impact. I help people and businesses in relation to financial stress being the leading cause of stress, but it's taking too long. It's slow and that's frustrating. I get it. And and I think that question is really relevant to our listeners, which is, you know, I've got a great product, but I'm having to buy every single customer one by one. There's a piece of research come out of the US to say that 50% of all of the venture capital funds that go into startups and uh, smaller enterprises is going to Facebook and Google. 
uh, to spend on advertising dollars. And we do know that that is not a scalable business model, that ultimately just buying customers is not going to be what you need. So I do call on the challenges that I faced because I was facing exactly the same thing. I turned on my website, no customers today, maybe tomorrow, no customers today, maybe tomorrow. I'd spent my money. The way that we got traction was through relationships. It was through who else is talking to those people anyway. There's a challenging question I want to ask you. Are you the person to grow this business? Now, I ask you that because you said you had a business in finance. Now, I'm a marketer and I'm a natural saleswoman. So therefore, that's my strong suit. I do that better than anything else. My weak side is the technology and and all of those things. So I have to call on other experts for that. But the one thing I do know is sales and marketing is very expensive, uh, which is a catch-22. You want to have this great marketer, but marketing is a three-year journey to build a brand and reputation. So I'm asking you this question because I've seen very, very successful ideas become reality when they either merge or work with somebody else who's already speaking to those audiences. Now, I hear you talking to insurance companies and I hear about this B2B model, but getting those appointments I know is really, really hard because everyone's busy, like this whole notion that we were all of a sudden going to have a great deal of time and getting people's mind share, if it's not on an agenda right now, can be challenging. So if you were to think differently, say, I've got a piece of IP, where does it belong? Because you mentioned Headspace before. Would it be a module that sits inside somebody else's? Could you challenge yourself to say, I don't have to do this the way that everybody else has? And I think of the inventor who invents the left-handed noodle device and then thinks they're going to get into logistics and manufacturing and distribution when really they should find somebody who already does that and they can sell their licence and earn a passive income from having somebody else do all of the hard yards. We don't have to do it on our own. So I agree 100% with what you said. So in terms of uh, the skill sets that I, the skills that I'm lacking in, I'm blessed that I created a um, an advisory committee, and I've got um, very talented people around me, and we meet once a month and do a proper reporting pack, and we brainstorm uh, what the issues are and how to solve them. Because, as you said, um, my background is in finance and, yes, I've had this creative idea and, yes, I've got the passion, but business requires a team and it requires a team of mixed skills. So I lean on them and they're awesome. I'm not precious in relation to being the CEO of this company. I actually want to get it to a certain level, but I know there's better CEOs who have been and done this before but I've got to prove that this is not only a good idea, but it's getting real traction and the market wants it. So in time, I'm not going to be the CEO of my own company. Um, I'm not the CEO of Red Balloon, haven't been for 10 years. There's much better ones than me. (laughs) So, um, and, uh, yeah, so we are talking to other players who are already more advanced with the same people, target market that uh, we're looking at and seeing if um, we can augment and complement what they do so they have a better, stronger 
uh, offering for their customers. It takes time. And you said about uh, everyone's busy. Yes, everyone's busy. I feel like I'm competing against everything. Like that is why it's taking so long. So if you can solve the time issue, I'd be very grateful. Yes, okay. I've just Let me just whip out my little magic wand here and I'll give you an extra an hour a day. <laughs> the question is what would you do with that hour in the day? Because when you're so busy in the detail, how do you lift yourself up? And I guess I'm going to challenge you to be unreasonable with yourself. And often if you're going in at a certain level in a business, and I know this from my own experience, there's a no because you're not on the agenda. But they don't necessarily know the overall strategic pillars of that business and what they're actually they're looking for. So I would argue the more senior, and I do know that you have fabulous advisors around you who are very senior in the industry, and it's the door opening of, but going in there, not trying to solve a problem, asking them what challenges they are facing. Because when you try and sell something, no one is buying. When you try and understand somebody has a need, perhaps I have an answer for you. And I know that because every time I tried to flog a few vouchers, it never worked. Every time I tried to understand if a client was seeking to get more engagement from any of their stakeholders, their employees, their customers, I said, well, maybe experiences will do the job. I'm not sure. Let's trial it. And that's the other thing to think about is don't ask for a very big answer or a big question. I always say to clients, I am not sure if this will work for you. Let's just give it a little test somewhere. Let's take off a very small part. The other reason why I'd ask for that is because it didn't take a big amount of time for them to make a decision. It was like, yeah, we can give you 100 people to try this program and see if it works. That's fine. Whereas if I asked for 10,000 people for a trial, they'll be like, well, we've got to get into this schedule. So, and all you need is those case studies and those proof points that then go in. So instead of trying to sell something, just merely go in and say, I wonder what challenges this business has and could what I have serve them? And when you flip the sales conversation, you'll be surprised at the sorts of things you will learn and discover, which will all add value. What a rigorous and robust conversation though, Andrew, and I do really appreciate you putting your heart um, heart out there and doing something because financial security is something that causes incredible stress within families, within businesses, and um, and I think it's, it's good work you do. But just say, say to yourself, if it wasn't me, then who? But thank you so much for coming on Handpicked. We really appreciate it. That's great advice, Naomi, and thank you very much. So my pleasure. We look forward to seeing you succeed. Thanks, Andrew.